Welcome to the Whole Assistant Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Kroner. I'm an assistant who's passionate about our profession, and I'm also a certified coach who's invested in your success. You've come to the right place if you want to know what it looks like to stand in your power and achieve success as an assistant free from overwhelm and burnout. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode three of the Whole Assistant Podcast. I am really excited about today's episode. I'm going to be sharing my personal story of burnout, and I feel like this story is key to why I started Whole Assistant and key to why I focus so much on self-care, why I focus so much on boundary setting, why I focus so much on um, taking good care of ourselves and what that looks like day in and day out. So um, buckle up because this story is rather intense, (laughs) but I, like I said before, I think it needs to be shared on this podcast. Um, I know I've shared it before publicly, but I just feel like there's power in this story, and I think that there's power in overcoming anything. So yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and get started. So I, um, back in March of 2014, March 14th, 2012, actually, um, life felt hard. Like Everything felt hard. I was living in my hometown of Twin Falls, Idaho, um, which just was not a good fit for me. Like... I had no friends. I had made one or two friends the entire time I was there. I'd been in Idaho for five years at that point, and I was still um, struggling in the friends department, which is weird for me because I generally make friends fairly easily. And I was in what I now refer to as my starter marriage with my first husband, and that felt hard. It felt like I was holding the marriage together single-handedly, trying to make him happy and as a result was not making myself happy at all. Um, I was working 60 plus hours a week as an EA to the CEO of an accounting firm uh, because it was tax season in March. And yeah, I just, I wasn't happy, but I thought that I could make it all work. I thought I single-handedly could make my life be what I wanted it to be if I just stuck it out long enough and if I just made everyone else around me happy that that would somehow fill me up and make me happy as well. Um, I also wasn't listening to that still small inner voice. Um, some call it the Holy Spirit. Some call it, some call it you know, what call it whatever you want to call it. Um, but I wasn't listening And I wasn't taking care of my body, soul, or spirit. Um, And later on that night of March 14th, 2012, I woke up with a splitting headache, just an awful, awful headache. And um, my husband at the time got up and got me an aspirin and I went back to bed um, or got me some kind of medication and I went back to bed. And I woke up and I went into work the next day. And... um, yeah, that's when stuff happened. So uh, I went to the back to get something to eat mid-morning, and I blacked out. And I knew I was in trouble. I knew something was wrong. 
and um, I, I fell in a chair. And as I got was getting up out of the chair, I knew I had to get up to the front of the office. The kitchen was in the back of the office. I knew I needed to get back up to the front of the office. Um, I felt because I knew I wasn't I wasn't in a good state. Nobody's in the back of the office. So I started making my way up to the front of the office. My left arm went rigid. <laughs> so my left fist was like in my armpit. Um, and I was dragging my left leg behind me. And I was also like floating out of my body a little bit. I know that sounds weird, but like I was floating above my body watching this whole thing kind of unfold. And what had happened was the night before my artery, my, my um, carotid artery had randomly dissected. It's what the doctors call a random dissection. They don't know what caused it. Um, I now know what caused it, which I'll go into in a bit, but I, <laughs> they didn't know what caused it. Um, and I was experiencing a stroke. So it had clotted around the random dissection, around where my artery had dissected, and then that clot broke loose and went up into my brain and caused a stroke. So I was at work when this happened, <laughs> which just stinks. You know, like your boss is there, you're trying to like keep it all together and and you know get work done and impress your boss and here you are having this major major episode at the office they called an ambulance I ended up being life lighted to Boise which is the nearest capable facility to be able to handle my case um and the doctor in Boise like I believe he saved my life um and they worked very fast and quick when I landed in Boise to get me on the table and I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know I had suffered a stroke at this point. All I knew was that I was, I didn't feel well and I wasn't doing well. I may have known I was having a stroke, um, but I didn't know what the procedure was. And all I remember was going out, going under and like waking up like three or four hours later on a cold metal table alone in this surgery room where like previously there had been a million people around <laughs> attending to me and making sure that I was going to be okay. Um, so I know this sounds extreme, and I know that many of us, when we experience burnout, won't experience it to this level. But I truly believe that the stroke happened because I wasn't taking care of myself. And I wasn't taking care of myself because I didn't really trust myself or know how to take care of myself. I thought that if I could make everyone else around me happy, that this would be fulfilling to me. I thought that if I could make everyone else happy around me, that this would somehow satisfy some need within myself to um, just some need to like to make everybody else happy and that that would somehow make me happy right? I think so many of us have this sneaky little belief that if everyone else around us is happy, if everyone else around us is taken care of, then we ourselves will be content and happy. But my friends, this is not how life works, unfortunately. Um, and I know it sounds silly, but like, I, I, I had no idea what, what way was up or down. My self-worth was like, in the toilet. It came from what other people thought of me. Um, yeah. And so I'm just going to share two lessons that I learned <laughs> um, since I had the stroke um, that I think will be helpful for you guys today. So first of all, I learned to trust myself. 
So in the year that followed the stroke, I lost my marriage. I lost my job. Um, I was basically told I wasn't worth what the company was paying me. I was demoted. And then I find like I was pushed out of the role that I had loved for a while. I'd, 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 I'd drawn so much self-worth from for a long time. Then all of a sudden, like, that was not an option anymore. <laughs> and I know that my executive at the time knew she couldn't fire me. So instead, she pushed me out. Um, and that was that was a challenge for sure to get past that and to move past that. Um, so I, I think that's the first lesson I learned was to trust myself. Um, and I didn't really have like, I wouldn't say there wasn't anybody I couldn't trust. I, I could trust my parents and my sister and 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 my close family. Um, but I also realized that I could no longer hold my marriage together like by myself single-handedly. I, I had two options. I could try and continue to do that or I could take care of myself. And in those early stages, post-stroke, I had to take care of myself. Like there was no other option. And I'll never forget as I was being lifelighted in the helicopter, like I just knew, I just knew that this was the catalyst for change that was going to change everything in my life. And this wave of overwhelming peace like washed over me. And um, I don't know if any of you guys believe in God, but like I do. (laughs) And the peace of God was just so with me in that moment, that wave of peace, that wave of stillness, that wave of just trust and knowing like I've never felt anything like it before or since. And um, and so, yeah, I, I just learning to trust myself, learning to trust that I could determine what was best for me, that I could hear God's voice in my life without anybody else's influence was like the first step um, in kind of reclaiming who I was as a human and in setting those healthy boundaries that I'm constantly harping on for those of you who have followed me for a while. Um, So yeah, uh, I think trusting in ourselves is one of the greatest gifts we can give give ourselves. And listening to that inner voice or that gut is a great place to start. And so many of us have disconnected from that that from hearing that voice, from hearing that inner gut, from checking in with that inner sense of self because we want to make everyone else around us happy. Or because we think if we don't make everyone else around us happy, they will leave us and that will make us really sad. <laughs> But the reality is, is that I lost everything. I lost everything. I lost my home. I lost my marriage. <laughs> I lost my ability to do things. Like I remember standing in front of my microwave that I knew I had operated a million times before and having no idea what button to push to heat up my lunch. Like for like five to 10 minutes, I tried to figure out how to operate something as simple as a microwave. <laughs> like I had to relearn how to do everything. Um, so that's the first lesson I learned. The second lesson I learned is to set healthy boundaries with myself and others. So first of all, I am no longer allowed to speak unkindly to myself. And this was just a simple decision, guys. Like so often we try and make it so hard for ourselves. Like we, we were like, well, I don't know why I can't stop beating myself up. Da, 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 da. No, like there, there comes a time in all of our lives where we're like enough. 
I am not going to speak ill of myself. I am not going to beat myself up anymore. I'm going to treat myself like I would my best friend. So if I wouldn't say this to my best friend, I won't say it to myself. And what I love about this best friend analogy is that my best friend and I have a very open and honest relationship with each other. We're going to say it like it is, but we're going to say it from a place of love. So um, not that I don't ever give myself some tough love. For sure, I give myself some tough love. Um, But I always speak it from a place of kindness and compassion with myself and like love, right? And then when it comes to others, I do my best to speak from love also. I think so often we view boundaries as like marching in and laying down the law and this, that, or the other. No, no. Boundaries are, for, are, are how we choose to show up for ourselves as it relates to others. Boundaries are what we do to take care of ourselves as it relates to others. Um, it's so easy to burn out when your life revolves around taking care of others. And believe me, I get it. I truly get it. And honestly, guys, like when I think about sharing my story, I almost think like I hope that I'm not alienating a lot of you because I know a lot of you won't experience burnout the same way. You'll experience burnout in a much more (laughs) subtle way. It'll show up as aches and pains. It'll show up as frustration. It'll show up as resentment. It'll show up as like a hurt knee or like an infection or constantly getting cold or however it happens to manifest physically, if it even manifests physically. So um, I don't think you have to have a stroke in order to um, in order to move past burnout and live your best and fullest life. That is not at all the case. I do not believe that. Um, and I just want to encourage you that if you feel like you're on the brink of burnout, if you feel like the boundaries haven't really been clear or set or they need to be reestablished, there is still hope for you. There's absolutely hope for you. Um, And through establishing those boundaries and establishing that self-trust with yourself, you you will move past burnout for sure. For sure. Um... I truly believe that. So I I want you to take this story as a cautionary tale, but I also want to acknowledge that for most of us, it won't manifest the way it manifested for me. I think that I was just so hellbent on making all the on making all of the aspects of my life work at the time. I'm making my I'm making my marriage work. I'm making living in Idaho work when I was not an Idaho person on making having no friends work, on making the job work, working 60 plus hours a week. Like I was so bent on all of that that I just wasn't listening. I wasn't paying attention. And I do believe that it was God's grace that I had the stroke. I'm very thankful that I had it because it was a catalyst for change that I needed in my life. Um, and I, if you're experiencing burnout on any level, don't wait like I did. Like you can ask for help now. As dramatic as my story is, the worst type of burnout is insidious and can be easily dismissed. <laughs> it's kind of like the frogs in boiling water scenario. Like you put a frog in boiling water and of course it hops out. You put a frog in tempid water and slowly turn up the heat 
and the frog dies in the tempid water because it doesn't know to jump out. And I see this so frequently with my clients. I see this so frequently in the EA community. We are so willing to stay in that water as it gets hotter and hotter and hotter without even really acknowledging the heat that we're in and acknowledging where we're at and acknowledging how that boiling water is affecting us. So um, I just want to say, just don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss it. Um, Pay attention when you feel that resentment come up in you, when you feel like like you're pushed around by life or pushed around by your circumstances. And then um, do something about it. (laughs) Um, I have been there before. I can help you navigate getting to a better place. In fact, it's one of the reasons I became a coach because I didn't want to see another assistant burn out the same way that I did or in their own unique way. I'd much rather work with you on the front end before something catastrophic happens to set healthy boundaries for yourself, to learn to trust yourself, to learn what it means to like be intentional with your self-care. And I'm not just talking about manicures, by the way. I, I don't think that that's the definition of self-care. I think self-care is continuously showing up for yourself in a way that honors yourself and in a way that... Um, and the way that honors your boundaries as well. So that's what I have for you today. I just just wanted to share my personal story of burnout. I did want to share that um, that I know what it's like to feel burnt out and that I get you and I see you and I understand you. Um, so yeah, that's what I have for you today, friends. Be intentional, be whole. That is all. I will be back next week with another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like, you may email me at annie at wholeassistant.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to hear your struggles with burnout. I'd love to hear how you're combating burnout or if you have any fun ideas on ways that you stay burnout free in your position, in your roles. Okay, guys, be intentional, be whole. That's all for now. I help assistants apply the concepts I share on this podcast. If you're ready to take your growth deeper and you're curious whether working with me in a coaching capacity is right for you, please email me at Annie, A-N-N-I-E at wholeassistant.com to schedule your complimentary discovery call.